Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and today my guest is Emmy Award-winning artist Stan Bush. Hey, Stan, uh, thanks for taking the time to join me here today. Hey, how's it going? It's going really well. I, uh, I, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Transformers fan, and it's especially exciting time to be a Stan Bush fan. Now, as, uh, as folks might know uh stan bush obviously is known best for his songs the touch and dare from transformers the movie um he's also a member of the transformers hall of fame uh but his uh other well-known songs include capture the dream from the 1996 olympics as well as never surrender and fight to survive from uh, the jean-claude van damme classic films uh kickboxer and Bloodsport, respectively and I want to talk about those iconic classics because I mean, those, those are favorites of so many of ours and those songs and those films are important to us. Believe me, we're going to talk about dare and the touch. Don't worry about it. Uh, but we've, uh, uh, we've got some really great fan questions uh, for icon online as well. But before we get there, um, I'd first like to start uh, with talking about your brand new album, Dare to Dream, uh, that's available for purchase now at stanbush.com. And, and, and Stan, it's your, your 14th studio album, but Dare to Dream being released, uh, it feels weird to call 2020 last year because it still feels like it, it never really ended. But, yeah. with, uh, but with Dare to Dream being released in 2020, I would imagine that there are some differences in how this album in particular came together um, that, that might be different than some of your previous work. So maybe let's, uh, let's start there and uh, let, let's talk about Dare to Dream. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, so the first song from the album was written actually about a year and a half ago, came out in the summer of 2019. Uh, we did a music video for it, the song called The 80s. And the 80s is about 80s music, of course. And uh, 
the feeling that it gives you when you, you know, sort of you go back in time to being a kid or whatever. And you know how music kind of does that. It takes you back in time. And anyway, it was a song about eighties music and uh, we did a music video and uh, my son plays a young me in the video. And he even rented a VW bus to get the whole time machine vibe going, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. So after that, then later in the year, there were a couple of more songs that, that I wrote and, uh, but, but the bulk of the album uh, was written in 2020. Um, myself uh, and my producer, Holger Fath, uh, you know, it was, it was sort of a, an interesting time. I mean, it was a, it was a really rough time for, for a lot of people and uh, you know, with the COVID and all that. Um, but mm -hmm. if there's one sort of silver lining is there was uh, you know, it was like a, a creative time and and it also myself and my producer we we were able to just sort of focus in and just work on the album for pretty much most of the year and uh anyway we're very happy with how it came out the reviews have been terrific and uh people really seem to love the the new album it was actually voted number 10 uh, album of the year last uh last week or two weeks ago so you know it's it's really getting well received very cool. Well, well, congratulations. And again, I've uh, I I really enjoyed the album. And I think Thanks. a lot of a lot of folks that are fans of your music from Transformers and maybe some of your um, other stuff from uh, from the 80s, uh, you might not be as familiar with some of your other music. And again, you know, this is your 14th studio album. So you've been prolific this entire time. And so one of the, the things I want to spotlight during our conversation here is that if you're a fan of Dare and The Touch and Never Surrender and Fight to Survive, go check out Stan's website and, and go check out some of those uh, classic albums. Cause like that's, that's kind of the headspace that, that I've been in uh, personally for the last couple of weeks, just kind of in preparation for this conversation. But what I have found is that in doing so, I've I've really found myself with, with like an extra spring in my step that I think I've been missing the last couple months. And, you know, just just going through the titles of any given Stan Bush songs and you just you just can't help but have that unlift uplifting feeling. And I think that that's that's a testament to the longevity of your music, Stan, is that, you know, you you can throw in any given song at any given time and just, and just, and just get pumped and just get ready to uh, capture the day. I, I was actually just listening to uh, the eighties on the, on the way to work this morning. And yeah, I just, I just, uh, I, I just came to work at just a little extra effervescent than, uh, than normally to, to the point where my coworkers are like, what's wrong with this guy. I'm like, I've been listening to Stan Bush, man. I, I am, I am just pumped. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, you know, because that whole sort of go for it, believe in yourself thing that that sort of I mean, I've always been an optimist. Right. Um, you know, I have this like philosophy that, you know, we kind of uh, make our own reality. I think that's really true more than we want to believe. It's uh, it's really just I don't know you if you work hard and really do believe in what you're doing and have hope and optimism. I think uh, it, the, a lot of life is attitude, you know, and uh yeah, but, uh, but I've I've been very blessed and um, you know maybe lucky too I guess and uh, <laughs> but it's 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 kind of like the touch sort of started a whole thing for me about that kind of thing you know I I like 
know, writing those sort of motivational where, you know, you, uh, you know, it's, it's also a little bit spiritual too. You know, you think about where, where, where all this comes from, of course, is God, you know, and uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a really good thing, you know, to, uh, to sort of, uh, I don't know, I've gotten fan mail over the years, but it's just very humbling, you know, that, you know, to hear that stuff about, you know, how, especially like the touch and dare those songs had, had given people, a lot of people sort of, you know, some sort of uh, feeling of, of like, you know what I mean? That yeah. can do with them sort of. A- absolutely. And, and again, that that's why I wanted to call it out also is because like, you know, for many of us, those songs um especially dare for me personally um is just you know it's it's been a powerful inspiration throughout the vast majority of my life and 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 stan at this point you have entire generations of fans that have found that inspiration in uh in your music there um but I, I, I guess uh, the the next thing I would like to talk about because you, you talked about the, uh, the video for the eighties, which which again is is incredible, and I I I've already talked about it once, but I I just I I really enjoy that song because not only does it invoke, I mean it, it invokes the the classic feeling of the entirety of the nineteen eighties, whether it's films, whether it's music, because like I can hear um, inspirations and textures in there that um, obviously are your signature sounds in your music as well, but I could hear other bands and other eras and it just, it, it's, it's very transportative. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but, but the, the other uh, music video that, that you have produced is for the lead off track uh, born to fight. Again, like I, I mentioned, I, I was listening to the album on my way to work, and when that song starts up, and it's like you were born to fight. And it's just like I just you, you can't help but be pumped up and just ready to uh, tackle the day. But uh, there, there, there's a music video for it, but also. Um, it's my understanding that that song has been uh, featured in a couple of uh, Netflix uh, anime uh, in uh, in cartoons, and I was wondering if you could uh, uh, talk about that briefly. Yeah, that's actually the last or the newest song on the album, the last one we recorded. Um, Netflix reached out to me. I guess it was around September, and uh, they you know they asked if me to write a song about uh, you know about fighting. Uh, the intention is was to promote their. They're two most popular anime shows, uh, Baki and Kinga Nashura. And we co-wrote the song, uh, got Lenny Macaluso, my co-writer of The Touch. We we got together and wrote Born to Fight. And uh, anyway, the song came out great. They loved it. And uh, so we you know, did a music video they, that they, they produced with me. And uh, it includes, you know, footage from the, the animated uh, yeah. show. Yeah. It was it was very cool. I mean, it was fun making it. And, uh, I actually did a little bit of sort of uh, preparation, you know, uh, learned a couple of fight moves and all this stuff. <laughs> my my wife does fitness training, so she helped me with some of that. And it, it, it came out pretty cool, actually. It's like, a, I don't know, it, you know, 
I, I really like that style of music anyway. And it, it turned out it was a great opening track for the album. And, uh, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, thanks. It, 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 it's definitely a mission statement. Like, you know, it just, it just grabs your attention and it starts you on this journey that the album dare to dream takes you on. Because one of the other things that, that struck me about, the new album uh dare to dream again it's available at uh, stanbush.com but it's it's not all just hard rocking hard driving uh tunes there's there's a um, um there's a lot of um introspective tunes in there as well and uh i was i was going to ask you about that i think you you alluded to it earlier but with the majority of the songs being written and produced within the year that was 2020, I would imagine that uh, that that had to be an inspiration on kind of like the the uh, the whole of the album because it feels to me at least it, it it doesn't feel specifically like a concept album, but it's close. Like like there's a lot of uh, uh, thematic elements that that kind of carry throughout those 11 tracks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I like um, an album that has sort of a wide range array, uh, array of stuff. You have like, uh, you know, rockers and of course, like there's a big love ballad, um, Live and Breathe. And, uh, you know, there's also a couple of ones that are sort of more introspective, like uh, the, the times of your life about it's kind of about appreciating every moment and uh, living life to the fullest. And uh, of course, Dare to Dream. And there's another one called Dream Big that have a similar sort of theme of like, uh, you know, uh, go for it, you know, and dream, dream big. In other words, reach for stuff that maybe, you know, you wouldn't, wouldn't have thought you were capable of doing and whatever. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I really like that sort of element and that, that song, uh, Dare to Dream came out to be like this, uh, you know, uh, the title just sort of popped out of nowhere. I had this really yeah. cool musical thing going and I was working on the chords and melody and I thought, wow, this is going to be really good. And then all of a sudden the, the title just like pops into my head. It was like, I don't know. It, um, it was funny because there were already, well, there are two other songs. So three songs that all together that have the word dream in the title. And at first I thought, Oh no, I can't do that. But then I started thinking, why not? You know, it's a, it's sort of a theme. It, it, it sort of gives it a thread, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I, I like that kind of thing. There, there are a lot of albums you could probably think of, and, and me too, that that have a sort of uh, uh, overall theme that weaves through it. Uh, but you're right about the like the last song, of course, is is more introspective. It's uh, called Home, and it's about sort of about going back to uh, all of us have this yearning to go back to being a kid. It's not so much a place as it is a feeling. You know, uh, there's like a, a time of innocence, and you know that sort of thing and uh that was a kind of a personal song too and uh but yeah and and the the way that you describe the song home it kind of harkens back to the vibe and feel of the song the 80s you know because it's like you know i i think where where we're at now kind of coming off of uh, uh the pandemic and and the year of 2020 that it was with, with, uh, you know, existential dread and, and, uh, uh, various difficulties we've all been feeling. I think that in a lot of ways we've re embraced nostalgia. Like, you know, we're going back and listening to our favorite music. We're going back and watching our favorite movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. So in, in a way, listening to your album, dare to dream kind of had that, um, the 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 feeling of nostalgia while still 
being new and vital and relevant, if if that makes any kind of sense. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, as far as the '80s style of music, I mean, that's that's sort of part of me. I've, I never really left the '80s. I'm kind of stuck in. <laughs> I guess that's a lot of us, right? But uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I think uh, like I could say it's almost like a, a contradiction in terms of a bit to have a an album of hopeful hopeful stuff, hopeful themes, and hopeful messages in a in a, in a time in such an awful year like like this has been, you know. So yeah uh, but yeah i just i hope uh i hope somebody likes it and that's pretty much seems to be the case and so so with that you uh you put up a couple of videos on your youtube channel where and your producer talking about the album dare to dream and and some of uh what uh what went into it but i i'm curious with the year that you know like you know we have shutdowns it's not like we can just you know you know, go to go to a studio like we would normally um how fr- from like the the production side how was producing this album differently than some of your previous works um well it we did the the recording was all done at my producer's house so studio in the garage that kind of thing so we weren't actually in a you know public studio where we had to go in and you know safe distance and all that garbage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so it was just he and I mostly, we, we did bring in a drummer, uh, mutual, mutual friend of ours. Who's a great drummer, uh, Craig Gamick. So yeah. Um, this is really how we did the last four albums. I, I, th- I think this is the fourth one I've done with, um, with Holger and, uh, he's an incredibly talented, uh, guitarist and plays keyboards and does uh, all that stuff. And he's, uh, a joy to work with. He's like, you know, he's my best friend. So I, I think yeah. I said that in the little uh, video, but you know, it's just um, when you, that's one of the things I've always wanted uh, throughout my career, like back in the eighties, the actual eighties, um, you know, we, you'd spend a hundred grand on an album, 125 grand um, recording an album and, and uh, you'd be in a studio, right. And it'd be, you know, 75 bucks an hour or whatever it is, sometimes more. And, and so you, you know, you had to like, move quickly and uh you always, you didn't always get what you wanted maybe the arrangement wasn't wasn't all there and this kind of thing so in a, in a way working at home is is awesome because there's no clock on the wall i mean you know yeah interesting that's 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 really cool yeah, um, you work on it until you get it right you know and uh you know that's the deal so in in a lot of ways you've kind of em, embraced the the work from home lifestyle ahead of the rest of us and, and have found a way to make that work and yeah. I I, th- I I think that's one of the aspects of our current times is that creative folks have found new and creative ways to be creative. Now I've said creative three times in the same sentence, but it's it's interesting how innovative uh, we can we can be with our uh, with our creative endeavors. Um, the the last thing I'd like to ask you about uh, the new album before we uh, before we move on to our other topics is um, I, I'd like to ask you about the cover art. And when I was looking at you know basically your your back catalog on uh, your website stanbush.com, um, I, I could see um, uh, kind of like an evolution of theme from you know more traditional uh, uh, photo and and text type to the these elaborately beautiful uh, uh, pieces that that are they're very evocative, and so I, I was wondering if we could talk about your album art. 
Yeah, there's a guy in Italy, uh, an amazing artist. Uh, his name is Nello Delamo, um, killer artist. He he did the artwork for the last four albums um, of mine. And, uh, anyway, Nello's great. Um, there is sort of surreal and uh, things that that are sort of not possible in nature. You know, gravity defying sort of abstract things. And the but the latest one actually has a a floating ship, like a sailing ship. And uh, this this guy who's like a probably a teenager or older older teenager uh, standing on this uh, up on this rock and watching all this stuff sort of a dreamscape theme and actually the floating ship was my idea but but he executed it beautifully and uh, on the back cover you see uh, the the teenager you know sitting up in bed and you know he's like awake and in, in that in that scene but um, it's just, it's kind of a, th- a thing about dreaming and uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you. I, I really, uh, I think the the artwork uh, is very cool, and I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. Very cool. Well, uh, uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, discuss Dare to Dream again. Dare to Dream, uh, Stan Bush's fourteenth studio album, is out now. It is available at his website, uh, stanbush.com, along with several other of your albums as well. So I. Uh, pick up a few others while you're there as well um because i i I know i have uh i've uh, got a little bit of catching up to do and it's it's been it's been a really uh cool journey kind of uh uh, discovering and rediscovering uh your music aside from you know the the things that everybody knows uh which is uh uh, what what we'll get into next i um so i when when i introduced you stan at, at the top of the show i introduced you as uh, an Emmy winning artist. Now, folks might not necessarily associate uh, Emmys with with music. You know, it's a, it's you know it's television. Um, Stan Bush, what is your Emmy award for? Uh, Song of the Year for television in '96. Um, the award was given in '97, but uh, the song called "Till I Was Loved by You." was used in a soap opera a popular soap opera at the time called the guiding light and uh they uh we got nominated and we won it was like unbelievable so we you know went up to the front and said a few words and uh, i don't even remember what i said <laughs> it's one of those no it's one of those cool things that you know nobody can ever take it away you know kind of thing Exactly. And, and it's, you know, and, and it's something unique as well. You know, it's like for, for a uh, prolific uh, body of work, it's like, this is the thing that, that snags the reward. So I mean, congratulations. That's really, really cool. Credibility factors right up there with the, uh, the being inducted into the hall of fame for transformers. (laughs) Exactly. Another big honor, you know, so. It was cool. Very cool. And, and I believe I, I don't happen to have it in front of me, but you were amongst the first to be inducted in the Transformers Hall of Fame, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. Yeah, I, I don't recall. Yeah. Uh, it, but yeah, it was fairly quick uh, early on, I think, like in 2014 or something. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so before uh, before we get back into uh, Transformers, I, I would briefly like to talk about your work in the Van Damme universe. Uh, you know, both uh, Bloodsport and Kickboxer are iconic movies of the 80s as well. I, and I know there are just as many uh, diehard Van Damme fans as there are uh, Transformers fans. Um, so I, I was wondering if um, you could talk a little bit about um, your uh, uh, your contributions to uh, the soundtracks for both of those movies. Well, actually, uh, back then in the uh, late '80s, I was uh, I was kind of a hired gun. I mean, as far as a singer, you know, I, I did a lot of stuff. Um, I sang in a, a lot of major commercials, and I was the voice for Toyota trucks and Coors beer and all these things. And I sang on a lot of other albums, but the uh, the Van Dam uh, the the first movie and and then also the subsequent one uh, uh, kickboxer uh they they actually just hired me as a singer to sing those songs i didn't write um didn't write those okay. but yeah uh but you're right i mean that there are a lot of people who say you know know me they'll you know they'll see one of the movies on cable late at night they'll see yeah. oh yeah you know and uh but it's cool it's it's really cool songs and uh and i like the movies a lot I mm -hmm. went to the screening of, of kickboxer and, you know, I, I met him and stuff. And uh, oh, I, cool. I, a couple of years after that, he came into a, a, a big outdoor night a nightclub thing I was playing at and, and uh, the bouncers were giving him a hard time. And I, I went over and said, I'll let this guy in, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I did have a question from a friend of mine who is as much a Van Damme fan as I am a Transformers fan. And he's like, well, can you ask Stan about the soundtrack to Bloodsport? Because um, apparently he he's under the impression that they're like, it's your voice in the songs in the movie, but apparently the soundtrack album features a different vocalist. Like they hired somebody else to sing over those songs. Do you, do you know anything about that? I hadn't heard that. No, I really don't know. Um, I, I know they released, uh, I thought they released those soundtracks uh, with my voice on them. I saw, you know, there was somebody that released the kickboxer one at least in, in Europe and, uh, you know, of course, they did it without my my permission. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's crazy business. <laughs> you kind of yeah. Keep track of stuff. But, you know, some, some things get away. But it's just. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool. It was uh, just one of many things out there that I did. And uh, just like I did, uh, I got called sort of at the spur of the moment to go sing on a soundtrack album for uh, Sailor Moon and uh, a song called She's Got the Power. And she's got the power. I remember I went and sang it, and, uh, and uh, people still ask me about that. Oh, yeah, you hear this voice on Sailor Moon, you know, she's got the power. And it's a cool song, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. It's also, it, also anime. It's it's a fun one, and it just it, it seems like again there's there's that common theme, that Stambush theme of you know it, empowerment and fighting to win, and yeah, it's it's uh, yeah I, I could see that connective tissue there, and yeah I had a had a, had a couple folks that were Sailor Moon fans, uh you know uh, call that to my attention as well, and it is a really fun song. Um, Sailor Moon isn't necessarily my my first best fandom, but um, I, I checked it out. And I really, really dug it. Nice. 
Um, so from there, let's let's um um you know we 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 talked about your new album, Dare to Dream, and uh, coming up next, I have some really good fan questions uh, from uh, fans of Icon Online um, that that will be coming up at the end of January. But I couldn't get out of here without uh, talking about those two iconic classics that that are that that are a matched pair, but have kind of different stories um i i was wondering if you could share with us i i know you've told the stories a million times but you know somebody's show is somebody's first show could you tell us the story of uh dare and the touch from transformers the movie oh oh of how they got in the movie and that sort of thing yeah yeah um well, okay i was just i was signed to scotty brothers records and uh you know scotty brothers had the survivor and a few other bands we were recording. We recorded the touch. We wrote wrote it originally, Lenny and I, uh, with the idea of, of the movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. And uh, it didn't end up in that movie. But the record label, uh, they told me one day that, uh, oh, yeah, so we, the touch is going to be in the Transformers movie. And, I'm, and they said, oh, it's, it's an animated movie about uh, robots. And I'm like, OK. So <laughs> but little did I know it was going to become this huge phenomenon, you know, so. It's been a cool ride. I mean, uh, my association with Hasbro has been awesome. Um, everybody's been really great. Uh, I go to, I've been to a lot of the Transformers conventions with, uh, you know, having sung The Touch and Dare and uh, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. They know those songs. And uh, as, as I mentioned before, you know, they maybe, you know, they'll say these incredible things like, you know, those songs were the soundtrack to my childhood or something, or maybe they helped me through a tough time. And again, very humbling to hear that stuff. It's, uh, but yeah, some of the nicest people I've ever met uh, were, have been at those conventions. They're just, you know, it's just awesome. It's a great feeling. Well, I, I would share with you, Stan, and, and this is no surprise to my audience, but um, Transformers, the movie happens to be my favorite film. Um, I saw, I saw it when I was very young, it left an impression on me. And even aside from being a fan of the toys and the comic books and everything that makes Transformers Transformers, that movie is my biggest takeaway and the thing that, that I keep close to me. And a lot of it has to do with the music. Um, obviously Vince's score and you know the the other great uh, Scotty Brothers artists that that were on there, but it's it's Dare and the Touch. It it's because the the cartoon that I would watch after school didn't have that, but this incredible theatrical experience, you know, just just blowing away my my young mind, and with that song, and I just. Um, Again, Dare is one of my favorite songs. And does does Dare have a uh, story that's different than The Touch? I mean, you know, uh, uh, obviously The Touch was written for Cobra, but I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Dare was was uh, uh, came to be slightly differently. Yeah, that, uh, that was written by Vince DiCola and Scott Shelley. I, I wasn't actually a writer on Dare, but they they had me hired me. Well, had me sing it and. Uh, right. Yeah, it wasn't on my Barrage album, but it was on the soundtrack album um, for for the film. And uh, but yeah, Dare's Dare's a great song. I uh, every time I perform, I have to do the touch and I ha and Dare, of course. And, yes, so. <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's uh, also a very uplifting song. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And and with that, since we're within the realm of uh, the Transformers, let's move on to some of these incredible fan submitted questions uh, for Iacon online. And um, I, I'd like to start with, uh, well, I guess let's just let's talk about legacy in, in a way like, um, did you have any inkling that that the songs that were used in this transforming robot movie would resonate so strongly with uh with fans 35 years on i had no idea honestly that's uh that was a complete surprise I, as i said i think the first of the conventions vince nicola and i both went to it was in 97 and it was in uh, rochester new york i believe and uh the people were just incredible we we performed by the way together and uh did, did a few songs like unplugged and vince and i played some together and uh but uh, just kind of grew from there, um, and I've attended and performed at several of the uh, BotCon. Uh, like I say, you know, I, no, I didn't have any idea that was going to happen. <laughs> but it, like I say, you know, uh, if you got to be known for a song, you know, it, it may as well be a good one. So the touch has had a life of its own. I mean, you know, the the you know boogie nights, and I guess you have that coming up. So we'll we'll, we'll kill that one. Uh, attack it when we get well, to it. I, I mean, I mean, we're here. We're here now. Let's uh, so because yeah, you're right. I mean, the the touch has its own special legacy that's beyond uh, uh, Transformers the movie. It's it, it's fascinating how the the lifespan of a song can go. Like a song that you guys wrote for a Sylvester Stallone movie ends up in a Transformers movie, and then later on ends up in Boogie Nights as well as you know, kind of a pop culture staple and so yeah i um uh given the success of uh the touch in transformers the movie what were your thoughts when the song was used in the movie boogie nights i well first of all i thought it was hilarious the uh they you know it was clearly it was a spoof on the 80s and uh mark Wahlberg pulled it off uh perfectly it was just just awesome But I think it was sort of meant to be tongue-in-cheek. Uh, and just a quick Wahlberg story. Uh, I ran into him at a Transformers convention in, uh, you know, about three or four years ago. And uh, he, he was coming off of a panel, and uh, we were both backstage. And he was walking by, and I said, uh, you got the touch. <laughs> he, turned <around laughs> he turned around and said, how did I do? And I said, it was great. Anyway, he comes over a couple minutes later and with his phone and we're we're both standing singing into the phone like he's taping it, videoing and uh, singing the touch together like a couple of drunk guys. Right. It was oh my like, gosh. He puts it on his Facebook and, you know, uh, you know, a few hours, a couple hours later, we have six hundred and fifty thousand views. And it was pretty cool. The guy, he was really neat uh, for him to do that. And uh, yeah. It, amazing coincidence too since he not only starred in boogie nights but he also you know was the lead actor in the in the transformers two of the uh two or three of the uh, live action yeah so what a coincidence right and uh, yeah it, it's it, it's such a it, it's an incredible coincidence it's a small world but um also un unfortunately a slight missed opportunity because like there's times where where mark's character is driving around in a truck and like there's just that super fan in me that just wish he would have spun the radio dial and that song be on and just you know don't dwell on it just like you know just kind of like acknowledge it with a nod or something and then turn the dial again but i think that that just would have been a really cool way to kind of 
uh, complete that circle in terms of like his involvement and the song and Transformers. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would have been a cool a cool gift to the fans, you know. And as, as it was, of course, Bumblebee movie did finally use the touch in that that really yes. cool uh, cameo thing where you know. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, so with uh, uh, with that, uh, you know, kind of getting back to uh, uh, films and soundtracks, uh, how much information are you given uh, for the films and shows that you do music for? Or is uh, uh, the context of the songs um, uh, were to be used in uh, uh, what, what's what's kind of that process? Well, generally, I think um, when, when I get contacted to use one of my songs in, you know, either a film or a TV show, they, they generally already know what song they want and that sort of thing. It's not sort of, hey, can you write this for this? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. in the case of the Netflix thing recently, that was sort of a contracted me to write the song, you know, but uh, or commissioned is a better word, probably. Um, but yeah, it's, it's generally, yeah, we want the touch or we want this other song for the show and da 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 and they send me the paperwork that kind of thing so mm-hmm. but i i mean i know a lot of people it it is that way where they're they're asked to write a a story a song that fits a certain storyline or something like that and uh, but i haven't done a lot of that kind of work usually the people are familiar with my work or or they or like i say they want the touch or something you know yeah yeah that that makes sense now you had uh you had mentioned your uh, uh the barrage album earlier and uh, i i've got a couple uh, fan questions related to that uh what's a uh, uh what's your connection to uh rocket roche and he uh rocked guitar on the barrage album and 20 years later uh suddenly appears on uh on your song uh southern rain and so I guess first we could we could talk about Rocket and then also um, you know uh, talk about Southern Rain because I, I I watched that that video on your YouTube channel it's and it's it's incredibly heartfelt and touching. I can hear the thunder call me back from where I came. There's a part of me still there walking down that country lane. If I could go back, would it ever be the same? The closest that I've been to heaven is standing in the southern rain. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that um, Rocket's great. He's a great guitar player. Uh, I I knew him way back when uh, he was playing guitar with uh, David Lee Roth and his band, uh, I think Steve Vai had just left the band and then they got Rocket to play. And he's, he's just fabulous, amazing guitar player. Great. You know, so I when we did the Barrage album, uh, the, the album cover, we wanted to give off more of a band image. So so Rocket, I, I called him and, you know, we got a couple other buddies and we went down to and that. That photo on that album was taken in the parking garage of CBS Records. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty That's funny. Awesome. Yeah, so, I, I I love those stories like that. Yeah, Rocket's great though. I, I I still see him every now and then. Um, but yeah, I called him uh when when we did Southern Rain. It was in 2007 for that In This Life album. But uh, yeah, I called Rocket and he came down and uh, he he played the acoustic stuff and it's just just did a beautiful job. That mm-hmm. uh, that that song uh, Southern Rain is like very for me very heartfelt. Um, 
And uh, I grew up in Florida, like I say, and it rains all the time down there. And it's great because in the summertime, it's, it's pouring down rain, but it but it's warm. You can walk out in the rain and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, of course, we did when we were kids. And, you know, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> Very cool. Now, um, now with that, uh, I had another question. Uh, do you have plans to put out your first solo album and the first Barrage album on either iTunes or digital stores or, or perhaps selling it on your website? I actually don't own the rights to those two. They, they, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, I was under contract to, uh, to CBS, which is now Sony, uh, sure. for the first album, and then uh, the Scotty Brothers for the second album, the Barrage album. But uh, those rights are now with Sony, uh, both 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 albums. So it's uh, you know I guess eventually if I wanted to I could buy the rights or or, or you know obtain the rights probably mm -hmm. for me. But uh, I haven't really pursued it. But uh, just kind of you know you keep going forward and uh, you know it's uh, it's pretty cool. Gotcha. But that's why they're not on there on my site my website. Okay, that that makes sense because I I had I had a couple other folks ask me about that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so so getting back to the the songwriting process um, a bit, what uh, what inspires you to write kick ass motivational songs, um, especially now when uh, when times are a little tougher? Well, yeah, just you know, like I said before, I think you know, I, there there always could be more positivity in the world. I think. Uh, there's a lot of you know stuff, a lot of dark stuff uh, these days on TV and everywhere, and uh, it's it's I don't know I, I to me I'm all about hope and optimism you know it's just uh, that's just who I am I I've always been I had a happy childhood a close family my parents were awesome you know that kind of thing and uh, I think that sort of shapes who you are and uh, anyway that's just. Uh, I don't know. What can you say? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, sometimes we just have that, that inspiration and motivation and the, the compulsion to share it and, and pass it along and, and pay it forward. I, I, I totally understand. Um, so uh, getting back to Transformers then, um, if you were asked to write music for another Transformers movie soundtrack, what would it sound like? And what would your inspiration be? Well, I think the eighties rock, power rock thing is is to me the, the the coolest stuff like songs like born to fight that have you know they got a lot of you know balls and all that but they also have like a melodic thing that's really cool it it's reminiscent to me uh structurally song wise of like the early foreigner you know a bit a bit yeah and, uh, yeah and uh let's see also uh First of all, I'd, I'd be honored if they if they asked me to to be involved in in the uh, new upcoming uh, Transformers because uh, I've been part of the brand a long time and uh, everything's great. I mean, like I say, I've done tons of stuff, events and conventions, and my songs have been in the games, the Transformers games, uh, right? The, the touch, and of course, uh, Till All Are One was in um, the uh, I think it's War for Cybertron uh, yes. game. So a song like that also would work totally work for. Uh, Transformers, uh, or we could write a new a new song, but uh, but yeah, I'd be honored if they uh, if they wanted a song. So, 
Well, and, and I think it's so cool the way that your music, especially tied within the Transformers brand, transcends generations. Like I, I was having a conversation with somebody recently where I was talking about Darren the Touch, but they're they're drawn to uh, uh, Till All Are One because that was the era that they grew up in. And that was kind of like the time that they found uh, Transformers. You know, it's got it's got all of these different entry points. And so it's been cool that there's been uh, uh, different iterations of uh, of the touch in a couple different places and 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 that uh, new song tell all or one I knew but uh, <laughs> newer I guess but no it's it's I, I it as somebody that that's a fan that's my age and looks the way that I do it it fills me with with um, with hope and and a happiness that folks that are half my age and look nothing like me, Mm-hmm. Have a similar resonance with uh, with the same type of music, just just twenty years removed. I, yeah. I I think it's just really cool. I know I know what you mean. I think uh, really a lot of it too is the, just the uh, the eighties music itself. That style. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, you're you're certainly old enough to remember the eighties movies, right? They they had these oh. incredible songs that like uh, Top Gun or whatever it is. Um, you know, even like Eye of the Tiger, one of the greatest all time uplifting kick, kick butt songs, you know, it's like really cool stuff. And, and you'd, you'd walk out of the movie theater, you know, you'd sing the song, you'd remember it. It's like those kind of big hooks, you know, that they stick in your head and you, you remember them. Um, that sort of went away. I mean, the nineties music, the grunge thing, it was more about sort of angst and, and yeah, I'm, I'm pissed off and whatever. And, yeah. um, I mean, things have kind of evolved, but I think, one of the great things about eighties music. And I, that's why I think that it, there's been a resurgence is because of that sort of, uh, you know, the big hook, the big eighties hook that, that people remember. And, uh, you know, the, the songwriting, it was a cool time, I think for songwriting because, uh, people, the songs had a, a neat structure and, one thing, one of the things I do is uh, I change keys a lot. I modulate, you know, and, and so, you know, you're listening to the song and then it'll go to a new key and you're like, wow, you know, it's like, I like to surprise people. It, to me, yeah. I really try hard not to do something that, you know, is, is predictable. So. Absolutely. V- very cool. That's, that, that's awesome. Um, uh, th- this is kind of left field, but one of the questions we got, um, is it true you did the jingle for the Freddy Freaker Freak phone commercial? <laughs> yes, I, it was a favor for a friend. I swear, it was, I had only been in L.A. about six months or something by then, and uh, this guy asked me if I would do it, and then, you know, before I then I immediately was all over what it was at the, at the time, uh, sort of like the video music video channel, uh, like uh, like I, MTV or like VH1, VH1 yeah, maybe before that even. But uh, okay, yeah, and it was just a sort of a I don't know if you remember 900 numbers. You could call up. Oh the, yes, yeah. Oh and yes, they bill you per per minute on the call. They bill the caller, in other words. So. So this this person had this idea of making money doing that, and I didn't really know the whole story, but I just said, "I oh, he's a, he's a friend, I'll do it." It's the freak phone, and here's the party freak, Freddy Freaker, dancing new sensation, grabbing the nation, doing the freak call now, one nine hundred four nine zero freak, join the party, the fast and easy way. You hear what's scamming from New York to LA? Call now, one nine hundred four nine zero freak. What's happening? What's jamming? What's hot and what's not? Call now. 1-900-490-FREAK. 
That's funny. When I when I was very young, right around the time I saw Transformers the movie, actually, I uh, I ran up a pretty hefty phone bill calling Santa Claus on on a nine hundred number. Oh no, because <laughs> like it would be there on the commercial, and I would call it, and uh, oh, and and I remember my mom was like, "Who are you calling?" I'm like Santa, and she's like, "Okay, no, we we need to." We need to have a conversation about what this oh. means. Oh. At least it wasn't phone sex, you know. Santa, Santa's not, <laughs> not too bad. Yes, that, that is true. Or uh, or Miss Cleo, she uh, she didn't see that one coming. <laughs> so what of uh, uh, you know, sticking with music, uh, what's what's some of your favorite music apart from your own music, you, the the music that you've uh, written yourself? What are some of your favorites? Well, it's funny. I mean, I I don't really keep up with modern music too much. I'll hear, you know, occasionally there'll be a cool song that I'll hear. But uh, but I, I have always been a big fan of the Eagles and uh, Don Henley, particularly the guy's an amazing songwriter. And uh, he's probably one of my favorite artists. And uh, I've always liked the uh, Zeppelin. And like I mentioned before, the early foreigner stuff. Uh, yeah. Just just great songs. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's, it's all about the songs. I mean, I grew up during the this, the late sixties, early seventies. And when they had like, uh, well, of course the Beatles, but, uh, then later, you know, there was this, uh, you know, soul music, basically, uh, you know, R and B, uh, Motown. It was like the best, the best stuff. Some of the best songs. It's just incredible singing and playing. And just, uh, I don't know, throughout the seventies, they had all these incredible bands like, you know, America and, uh, yeah. El- Elton John, incredible. I've always loved Elton John, you know, his stuff. And, so, yeah, it's kind of a wide, it's not just rock, but, you know, only rock. You know, I've listened to everything. Back gotcha. then, back then, radio was all over the map. You could turn on AM radio and you'd, you'd hear like, you know, Jimi Hendrix. And then, then you'd hear like uh, Bridge Over Trouble Water or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It wasn't all like, you know, segmented and compartmentalized now like it is now. So, so going back to uh, uh, Transformers, I, I realize now I should have uh, um, organized my questions a little better. But um, uh, going going back to uh, Transformers, uh, you know, you're you're part of the Transformers Hall of Fame. Um, so, as such, a uh, uh, folks had a couple questions about the franchise for you. Starting with, um, who is your favorite Transformer? Bumblebee. That's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. Um, now, if you could choose uh, which which side, which faction, would would you uh, choose the uh, Autobots or the Decepticons? I don't know. They're both pretty cool. Uh, probably an Auto, Autobot because initially they were considered sort of more the good guys, you know. But I know mm-hmm. I understand they kind of help each other now, and it's sort of evolved from there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. Good good guys are great, but uh, but uh, bad guys have more fun and generally dress better. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, those are uh, those are those are some sharp looking uh, bad guys there. But I digress. Um, if uh, if you yourself, Stan Bush, if you were a transformer, what would you be, and uh, uh, possibly what would your name be? Oh boy, um, I I have no clue. Honestly, I I, I don't really have an answer. <laughs> for that sure. one <laughs> but 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I got you. No, that that's that's fine because like I, you know some folks kind of gravitate to you know ground vehicles like oh I would be a jeep or like I I you know I want the feeling of flying so I would be a jet or okay. like okay a semi truck a semi like uh, like Optimus Prime we'll, we'll go with that. There it is. Perfect. Yeah. I I love it. I love it. Um. So what a um. You know, we, we've talked so much, Stan, about how uh, inspiration is kind of a, a common theme uh, within your music and how that uh, feeling is passed along to us fans that, that we enjoy in. But what what do you do uh, to pump yourself up? What what inspires you or uh, fills you back up when uh, when you start to feel down? Uh, I just go outside. I mean, it's, uh, I live in the hills, uh, outside of Los Angeles and it's a beautiful area. Uh, got a hilltop cottage with a view and, uh, take hike, do hikes and stuff. And, uh, I just, I just like to be outside and it, it that's and, and exercise, of course, you know, working out, um, sure. that, that pumps me up literally and figuratively. So <laughs> it's, it's important, I think, to, uh, to move and get out, you know, cause I think, that that seems to fix whatever's going on, you know, with, uh, you know, all of us get we get stuck in this, you know, uh, you know, it's a cra- incredibly, you know, crazy world these days. And just just living and working in the modern world is stressful, you know, and uh, I think all of us have to have to find our own sort of release. And so. Uh, with the uh, you know we we've talked um we've talked pretty extensively about uh, your your songwriting process, but when you write music, uh, which is harder, the verses or the choruses? Um, probably the choruses. I think uh, because you you need to come up with a hook that that's going to be memorable. You want something that's first of all catchy. Uh, you know, second of all, hasn't been done to death. You know, you want to have something that sounds sort of original and. Uh, I don't know the it just seems like you can get away with a a verse as long as it builds and and has a I usually do sort of what they call a B section the sort of a between the verse and the chorus like a, a another se- little section a B verse or B, B section we called it and then a, a bridge of course you know just if you have um all of those elements and each one can be really catchy and and hooky as it were uh then you can really have a, a very strong song, you know, melodically and musically. And I think, uh, again, um, lyrics are hard. It's, uh, you know, that's the thing I think uh, I've gotten smarter over the years, I think. Um, and that's one of the keys, I think, to uh, to be, being able to think uh, of of a lyric that's going to work and, and be sort of, you know, clever a little bit, uh, not too uh, too crazy, but something that's relatable. And uh, I think uh, I read a lot, too. So that that helps. You know, you you had mentioned uh, some of those early experiences going to BotCon and playing with Vince and being included in part of the fandom and, you know, being being appreciative of uh, Transformers fandom. But I was wondering, uh, well, the person that submitted the question was wondering, uh, uh, what's uh, one of your favorite memories with fans? Well, I think I've said this before, but just the, the, these conventions and things, the people are just awesome. They're just wonderful, kind, very respectful. You know, when it's first of all, it's humbling, like I said, for, you know, if you have sort of people lined up to, to get your autograph, it's like, 
how to explain how do you, I mean, you know, I don't deserve this, you know, I suck, you know, whatever, you, you know what I mean? You, you have all these thoughts that you're sort of not worthy and it's just, it's just humbling is, is the main thing I can say. And these people have been wonderful. And I mean, I have, I've, like I said, I've received fan mail over the years that they say wonderful things about the song or maybe how, what it, what it meant to them as, as youngsters and, and so forth. Maybe they were in a tough time and it helped them through it and overcome uh, obstacles in life. And uh, one of the cute things I, I had a fan when a little kid wrote me a fan letter and he says, you're my biggest fan. <laughs> you know, he had it backwards. <laughs> oh, that's, that's sweet. I you love that. I love that. Yeah. That's adorable. Now, I, I forget if I, I asked you this earlier or not, but were you familiar with Transformers at all um, uh, prior to uh, uh, Scotty Brothers basically putting your your song, The Touch, in in this Transformers movie? Yeah, um, I had, um, let's see, a cousin. Uh, he, he was nine years old at the time, and he had a Transformers toy, and he was showing me how he, he could turn it from a truck into a, into a robot. And like, and it was done. And I mean, I couldn't do it to save my life. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I understand. So that was my, I, I sort of, I knew what they were, but, uh, but that was the extent of it. So uh, in the beginning, I learned more over the years, like I said, uh, being associated with the brand and mainly from, from fans, they would say, Oh yeah, this one does this. And, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, very cool. So, um, so as we get close to closing out, and again, my guest is Stan Bush. We have been talking about Transformers and fandom and all kinds of other cool topics of, you know, music making process. Uh, but we've also talked about his new album, Dare to Dream, uh, which is available now at his website, stanbush.com. Uh, so you'll definitely want to check that out. But uh, but Stan, as we get ready to close out, um, I got a couple more questions for you. and. You've uh you've done a bunch of work with uh, with Disney, like you know Mickey sports songs, uh, songs from the Hundred Acre Wood, uh, um, and so on, and it's kind of outside of what I guess uh, the types of music that that tra- Transformers fans are used to from uh, from you from Stan Bush. Uh, what's uh, what's that relationship been like with uh, with Disney and and making those songs? Um. Well, like I say, um, I've had a long career as a singer, and uh, you know, I, I've gotten called by you know, Disney and other people over the years uh, to sing various things, uh, and some some of it I, I, you know, like I say, I'm literally on the project for you know a couple of hours. They'll say, "Oh, can you can you come sing this?" You know, and yeah, uh, there was a song. I mean, a film, sorry, TV show rather, a cartoon that I sang on. That was a Disney. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, anyway, uh, but it was it was really good. And uh, it, but it, it, it'd be impossible for me to. I mean, half the stuff I sang on, I don't even remember. People will come back years later and they'll have like this demo. So, yeah, you remember this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they would sometimes they send me a, a cassette tape, you know, uh, a week or two ahead. And I I'd, I'd listen to it literally on in the car driving there, you know, and uh but um, I don't know. It's it's been a, a long career. Really fun, though. I mean, it's it's cool singing all kinds of different things, uh, songs and different, you know, uh, film things and whatever. But uh, I even did a Disneyland Park. They had a, a thing called Blast to the Past. It was a uh, sort of a they had 
it ran for a while as a 50 it was like a 50s uh theme you know 50s music so oh cool I, yeah. I, i'm not familiar with that i'm i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds awesome yeah yeah so it's you know it's just one of those things you know i've sung a zillion things and you know don't remember half of them but uh right but it's been fun well, I, I think sometimes, unfortunately, that's that's what what we as fans and us as uh, as content creators kind of kind of forget is that like you know you'll you'll like like you had just said, Stan, you know you'll you'll sing a song once, but that song that you sang once and had that one afternoon that's somebody's favorite song and they would listen to it in their room like every day. And it's just, it, it it's, I, I mean, cause I, I've, I've discovered this when I, when I speak to like, you know, writers of the TV show or even like, like the voice actors for transformers or other things. And, and oftentimes, you know, there'll, there'll be that moment of, I'm sorry, I don't remember that because, you know, what, what was like, you know, a lifetime cherished thing was for um, that particular individual Tuesday, you know, just, just to, just to kind of put it that way. But um, yeah, that's but, a, yeah. that's a really great observation. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but you're right. You know, it's uh, it's probably the same with actors. You know, they, you see somebody that you're like, you know, and they, they barely remember doing it, but it maybe it had a big impact on you. And uh it's kind of cool. That's uh, I always thought a little off the subject, but I always thought movies were like awesome because you, you know you think about you know okay they spend a hundred million dollars making this great movie, and everybody basically who goes to see it at the theater they pay some money, a little bit of money, and so they basically all chip in together to make this hundred million dollar movie. But you get the full benefit of it by just you know paying for your ticket. You know you get mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's kind of a cool yeah. yeah. It's a cool way to look at it, you know. It's like, uh, absolutely, it's it's a great business, you know. It's uh, it's a tough business. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Los Angeles, it's like probably like New York City or something. You know, you you really have to hustle. I remember back in the day when I first started doing uh, commercials, jingles, and all. I mean, you know, I would I would make uh, tapes, cassette tapes, and I would send them out to all the music producers in town, and you know, make follow up calls and. I befriended like female singers because they would refer you for stuff because nobody who's looking for a singer doesn't know whether they want a male or a female, you know, that kind of thing. So there's no yeah, problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things like, I guess, like anything you really push and work hard, you know, you, you can, you can get, you can get some stuff going, you know, and, but uh, I've been mm-hmm. blessed in that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. And, you know, we, we spoke of dare to dream earlier and it's your 14th studio album, but what does, what does Dan Bush spend his time on when he's not writing his next album? Do you, uh, do you collaborate with, uh, with other musicians? What, uh, 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 and especially now at a time when touring isn't necessarily a thing, uh, what, uh, um, what do you do in between projects? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I spend a lot of time, like I say, you know, hiking, taking the dog for a walk and different things. And my wife and I live in, you know, this place here in the, in the hills. So it's kind of a, it's a cool location. First of all, it's not like I'm, you know, in some little apartment or somewhere where I can't even go outside. I mean, this COVID thing has been crazy in mm-hmm. that regard, you know, people sort of housebound or homebound, you know, but uh, I don't know it, it, to me, it's mostly family, friends and family and friends. Um, and uh, you know, just trying to enjoy, enjoy my time. You know, it's just, 
like I say, you know, it's it's hard to uh, and I read a lot. I mentioned that, so um, I guess uh, it's it's uh, what what does anybody do? You know, it's, I guess <laughs> this yeah. year's been like so crazy. It's sort of off the off the charts of what would be normalcy. You know, so you know, hopefully it'll it'll open back up and you can you know yeah. do the hang more, go out to dinner and go you know play gigs with with my buddies. Uh, one thing I did I should mention also is I sure. I have an acoustic band um, that here in L.A. Uh, we're called Acoustic Saints. The bass player from Quiet Riot, the uh, guitar player played with a zillion people. The drummer was with America and Tina Turner, and so really killer band. But we play like covers like Zeppelin and Henley, and just all all, all the songs are like really cool. And the uh, guitar player, the other guy, plays uh, also plays violin and mandolin. So uh, it makes it where we can do a really unique sort of combination of stuff, and uh, it's a very special kind of band you know we've been doing gigs uh that's that's another kind of side thing so that sounds like a lot of fun that 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 sounds really cool um and and that actually kind of transitions into uh one of my final questions here uh do you prefer the thrill of composing in studio or the thrill of performing live out on a stage wow they're two different energies it's two very different things They're, they're very different but and they're both awesome uh when you're performing, it's like I, I get this feeling like I'm flying almost. If my, you know, if I'm really on and my voice is really working, and it's a great feeling. Um, but ultimately, I think uh, songwriting is the most rewarding, especially when you come up with something that you figure you, you feel like is a great song. Um, it's it's hard. It, it takes a lot of energy. Um, it's like a puzzle. You know, you you get one little thing that works, and it might take days or even weeks before you start to you know get the other pieces you need to make it all sort of come together and then it's like wow you know uh, the feeling of sort of creating something from nothing is mm-hmm. that's to me that's like the, the the best you know so and you had uh, uh i guess th- this is this is probably kind of like a a technical question or we could approach it as a philosophical question if you'd like um it's a uh, is it is it with regards to uh, production and writing, is it easy to make music sound eighties ish? Um, if so, uh, what, uh, what software or mixer do I need? Because I would love to do uh, the same for some of my future songs. So I think this is somebody that's, that, that's pursuing their own uh, musical interests. So I, I guess I'd like to ask you that question in two parts. One is, are there suggestions that you could give uh, folks that that are looking to find like a a particular 80s sound or what advice would you have for folks that are looking to uh, pursuing their own creative endeavors and and we can close out on that um just uh, you know advice for the kiddos yeah yeah um well sort of 80s music uh to me i mean I think of eighties, I think of like big sound, you know, like the, the drums are big, the guitars are big, you know, uh, keyboards, fat, you know, fat keyboards and the, the drum sounds are huge. You know, they, the, uh, so, you know, part of it is that, and also like layering, you know, you put, you know, instead of just one guitar track, you might have like four or something and, you know, two couple of them are double power chords. And, um, a lot of it too, is the style of writing, you know, you have like, uh, like I use a lot of background vocals and I sing all the parts on that, but uh, I'll do like, uh, you know, three part harmony, but, but I'll sing each part four times. So there's like, you know, 12 singers instead of 
three or four, you know, three. And so, you know, it makes it sound really huge and fat, like a choir. Um, but yeah, I think, um, a big part of it is production, like 80s stuff is, is, is big and, and, uh, it requires a lot of time to put that stuff together. Um, recording wise and all that it's not it's not like something you can record a song in in like two days or something i mean it (laughs) it really takes a lot of time to put and you know each part has to be really carefully played and uh in tune and and uh the vocals need to be in tune a lot of rock stuff has a higher vocal and of course that helps for me that that i'm a tenor so i can still sing those high notes and that kind of thing but um but a lot of it's the style of song you know that works i mean sometimes you can take a song that would work either as a country song or, or, or an 80s rock song, you know, and uh, a lot of it is the production. But, you know, as far as software, um, I'm a Pro Tools guy. And, uh, sure. Yeah, so that's pretty much the the software. But, I mean, mainly you can do a lot. I mean, they have all, all kinds of stuff now to, uh, to assist in home recording. Uh, you can get stuff that are fairly inexpensively, you know, uh, software and, and hardware and things um, for home recording. So it's come a long way. It's like I said, the the albums that I've been doing with with my producer Holger Fath. Uh, if you did that same quality, I mean that sounds those the new album, for instance, to me sounds better or is at least as good as the ones I did with the big budgets way back. You know, spend like a hundred grand on an album, and you know now I can you know do the thing like with Holger. You know, just uh, for a lot less, just a fraction of the money because of the, the way that the technology's come, come so far along, you know, but, uh, you know, there's, there's other stuff too, you know, about the, using the really good mic preamps and that kind of thing. And, and the, the A to D that means analog to digital converters. That's mm-hmm. another, people don't think about that, but that's really important. You want to get the high quality uh, converters and, so that's enough technical stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say we could we could probably do an entire other show uh, about technology and technique, and yeah. but I, I I appreciate being so generous with uh um with that answer and and uh, Stan, I I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and for uh, answering through those uh those fan submitted questions. That was a uh, um that was a that was a ton of fun. I I really appreciate you being able to uh, uh, join us here today thanks for having me it was my pleasure yeah I mean, like you told people if you want to go to stanbush.com i i also I, i'm not gonna spill the beans here but uh there's something very big that's coming out uh in probably another week or week and a half uh, and it involves transformers so just uh keep an eye on stanbush.com and uh you know you're gonna you're gonna know some, what's going on then so i I love it. I I cannot wait because I am a fan of Stan Bush and I am a fan of Transformers. So I get the feeling that this is going to be right up my alley. <laughs> I think you're gonna, yeah. I think you're gonna dig it. So anyway, thanks again for having me. It's- you're you're very welcome thank you so much and that that will wrap things up for this episode thank you so much for watching and for listening and if you want to listen to my podcast mike cybert radio and all of my past shows subscribe on apple Podcasts, stitcher google Podcasts, spotify tune in or wherever the heck else you listen to your podcast and check out the full show archive out on soundcloud uh like share rate and review the show let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future and until next time wear a mask wash your hands And of course, make good choices. Awesome. Thanks.
You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. Hi, I'm Simon, Santa's chief elf. Want to find out how to get this giant Christmas whoopee? Call Santa at 1-900-909-2345 and he'll tell you a different Christmas story every day. Plus, he'll tell you how to get these Christmas whoopies free with the cost of your call. So call Santa at 1-900-909-2345. But remember, each two-minute message costs $2.45. So get your parents' permission first. Okay, Simon, we're off to our next stop. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Don't you really want to know? Okay, I was wondering who the father of my baby was. All right, let's take a look. The Miss Cleo DNA test. I don't know. <laughs> I'm solely searching for the father of your baby. Oh, it's the one that's very unpleasant, okay? Okay. Um, and he's also the one that had another girlfriend while he was sleeping with you. Yes, he did. Yep, that's him. That's the daddy. Okay. But you knew that. I wasn't sure. I don't know how. The baby looks just like him. Yes, he does. Yeah, so you were in denial. Because he has a funny little chin, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, and the baby have that same little chin. Oh, my God. The cards can reveal things that you will never see by yourself. Call me now for your free tarot reading. Call 1-800-980-8637. 